What is up, everybody? Zach Rosenblatt here at NovaCare Complex with Mike K for the latest episode of the No Huddle Show. It wouldn't be a week if the Eagles weren't somehow tied to a former Jaguars player since you started on this job. <laughs> We're going to get into that in a little bit. Um, the biggest news, I think, is that they're remaking the rebooting Saved by the Bell, which I'm still trying to process because it's a very weird... Dis- I mean, it makes sense because they re- reboot everything now, but do you really need to reboot that? <laughs> no. On but when I wake up in the morning... Ser- the NBC's new streaming service, did you see the name of it, by the way? No. Peacock. That's what they're calling their streaming service. Hmm. Weird that they would take like, your nickname. Some- <laughs> good one. Good. That was good again. Uh, somebody tweeted, like, so what do you... You know, Netflix and chill is a thing. Like, what's the phrase for Peacock? <laughs> peacock and chill. <laughs> wow, this podcast has already gotten away from us. <laughs> anyway, but Stay by the Bell, is like, that was like a corny show when it was on. Like, full, I know Full House was really successful for Netflix is why they did it. But that also was terrible when it was on. Sorry think, sorry if that's a controversial take, but it was not a good TV in show. In fairness, it's, it's a... I love Stay by the Bell, by the way. It's a byproduct of our generation. Yeah, we, true. We, nostalgia is one of the great human weaknesses, second oh. only to the net. Oh, you only said that for the 50th time. Yeah, but like that's it's true. <laughs> Dwight Schrute. Uh, it's true. That's why I talk about former Eagles so much. That's true, and it does well when you write yeah, about it. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> All right, but yeah, well, so before we get into Jalen Ramsey, who I know everybody wants to talk about, uh, we should cover some injury stuff, because the Eagles are, as you know, banged up. So today, Doug Peterson switched the regular practice to a walkthrough, which is fairly strange for an early season Wednesday practice, because Wednesday is usually when they do their most install, um, a lot of the game plan work, and then they only have two practices the rest of the week, and it usually gets lighter as the week goes on. So it was a strange decision. His explanation had a lot to do with how banged up they are, as expected. The conspiracy theories are running wild when it was initially announced that maybe Carson Wentz was more injured than they had let on. Uh, Doug's reaction to a question about that was maybe a little over the top, like like he was planning on reacting that way. Uh, but it, he seems to, he basically was asked if like if Carson would have practiced today for a regular. He's like Carson, yeah, he's fine. So like, he says Carson's fine. Carson he got hit early in that game and it seemed to affect him. He, Carson said it was only his wind getting knocked out of him. He was checked for a concussion. Sounds like he's okay. Yeah, I mean when, when they made the. The switch, I kind of figured it had to do with the quick turnaround, not necessarily the injuries, but the yeah. fact that they're going to play on Sunday and then turn around, go on the road on Wednesday to play on Thursday. In it's, Green Bay, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just... Bad, it's not t- bad timing for all those injuries, for sure. When you have a road Thursday game, it not only makes the week shorter, but it makes it even shorter than your opponents because you actually have to travel. So you're, you're taking on... Yeah, road Thursday games are especially tough. They're probably going to practice Tuesday, and that'll be it. Yeah. So, because you got to get the guys a day off on Monday, and then, you know, excuse me, you're turning around, and it's one of those things where you already have five notable injuries. Four, maybe, if you don't count Corey Clement as being a notable injury. And then you got to turn around and kind of maneuver the roster. You're basically maneuvering the roster this week for this week and next week. And I think that that's something that the Eagles are going to have to deal with pretty handedly. So to go through the guys that are most, their status is most in question. Uh, the safest one to say is not going to play is Timmy Jernigan. Sounds like he's going to be out a while. Probably a month was the report. And Doug, pretty, when Doug admits that somebody's going to be a little longer, it means they're out for a while. Alshon mm-hmm. um, Jeffrey was reported by uh, Rappaport that he probably won't play this week. There's a chance he doesn't play the Packers one. But that was a little less concrete. But I would be surprised if he played this Sunday. Deshaun Jackson, uh, I reported this uh, yesterday. 
he's been dealing with an abdominal strain since before the season. It wasn't it wasn't bothering him enough to keep him out. Obviously, he was great in week one. He felt fine going into week two. Then I think he maybe aggravated a little bit, and now they're kind of taking it easy. And it sounds like the target date for him to come back is the Jets game in week five. Uh, the target is not necessarily like locked in. Um, I know Tim McManus from ESPN reported that. Uh, he had a chance to do surgery on it. That would have kept him out six weeks, and he said no to the surgery. So my impression is that they're going to take it easy with him over the next 10 days, which would mean he would miss these next two games. Uh, and then how, depending on how he's feeling after that, be full go for the Jets game. Um, Dallas Goddard, we're still not really sure about. His happened before the game, and it, he wasn't technically declared out right away, but it seemed like he was. And uh, Corey Clement has his uh, shoulder in a sling, his arm in a sling, which isn't a good sign. So out, out of that whole group, do you think any of them play? No. Yeah. I mean, this week, no. Yeah, this week. No. I think Jeffrey will play against the, the most Packers. recently. Yeah. Goddard's a, like an, a concerning one a little bit because that was an injury he dealt with in the preseason. Yeah, and they basically put him in bubble wrap for three weeks. Yeah, so. and that didn't help, clearly. Yeah, or it just, you know... It, it, and Doug said it was the same injury, by the way. Yeah, right. So, I mean, but you look at... You know, soft tissue injuries, look at what happened with Darren Sproles. Just because he's 150 years old doesn't mean he's the only one that can retweak an injury or what have you. Uh, it's concerning, for sure. They promoted Alex Ellis to from the practice squad so he could take first team rep, or he could take 53-man roster reps. I mean, he's probably going to be the number two tight end this week. Yeah, I would say that's a safe bet. They could also still bring up Josh Perkins because I think, yeah. I think week two showed you how much once – one thing snowballs with pass catchers. It can, you know, and and they like using Perkins as like a split out wide guy too. So right, that makes would, sense. Yeah, he would basically be insurance at wide receiver and tight end. Um, I could see them also signing a wide receiver, but you know, people talked about Greg Ward. People talked about Jordan Matthews, Marcus Green. Yeah, Marcus Green would be interesting because he could give especially you especially if Deshaun's out for two weeks. Yeah, yeah, he could give you kind of those Bryce Treg reps. Uh, Trey's reps. I'm Bryce, sorry, Trey reps. <laughs> uh, but um, you know, look, it's not ideal. It's still this, just week three. Um, I think the Lions are very, very beatable. Even though they haven't been beaten this season, they they're one zero and one. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but the but win was against the. It was against the Chargers. It was at home. Banged up Chargers, banged and they up. tied the Cardinals, who might be right. the second worst team in the league. So right. Yeah. So again, I think you know. This is also a team you can run on. I know I said that last week about the Falcons, <laughs> but we'll see. Um, I think you have two weeks of understanding of what Miles Sanders can do and what, how where he needs to grow, and I think that can help you in your game planning. You know, you can't just say week one's a fluke now. You know what I mean? So I think the Eagles are going to have a tough time determining their 46-man group, even though they have all these injuries. Because they have so many guys. that There's going to be injured guys that take up an active roster spot, maybe. Right. Yeah. But what are you going to do with, like, maybe the super... We talked about this the other night, but the superficial guys. Like, you have 10 offensive linemen. You have five linebackers. You have uh, five safeties. Are you going to cut some of those guys? Are you going to put my lot on IR? Like, what are you going to do? We should find that out in the next 24 to 48 hours. Yeah, I mean, think. I don't want to speculate too much just because yeah. we're doing this right now. We'll talk more yeah. about it probably Friday, but... but my point to you yeah. is, you know, they already decided to move the corner, uh, Greg James, off the roster to bring up Ellis. You're probably going to see two or three more of those moves. I yeah, it's a lot of minor moves to fill the depth chart out. I, I, would, I think they should be okay with that defensive tackle this week, probably. Um, you can do three guys, and you have all the defense. Like Josh Sweat, they started using a little inside. 
Um, we know Brandon Graham can play inside. We know Vinnie Curry can play inside. So I, I'd be surprised if they even called up someone like Bruce Hector. I think they should be okay with Hakeem Spence as the third guy, probably. Well, I think they're going to practice that and hopefully yeah, they and like then they'll they see. see. Yeah. The, the thing I will say about these roster moves is the reason why I think you will see more roster moves is because you aren't planning. i got to stress this. You aren't just planning for this week. You're planning for the next two yeah, weeks. Yeah, it's, it's the next two. Like that... Having that short week makes it really difficult for these guys to get into practices, and usually you need a practice to play. Yeah, I mean, look, they have opportunities in the roster. If Clement, I don't want to speculate <clears throat> about like the length of Clement's injury, but if he needs to be put on IR or Jernigan needs to be put on IR and you can bring him back, then that's what you do because you have to go at least one-on-one one in these next two games. I mean, the Cowboys play the, the Dolphins, and they're already 2-0 and in the division. You need to be able to kind of keep pace. And so I think a lot of these decisions are pressing because you want to start off the first quarter at least 2-2. Two and two. You know, if you get in that 1-3 and three category, it's going to be a tough uphill climb, even though the Giants and the Redskins are bad. Yeah, and, you know, even just like, I know we're since we're a few days out from it, it's still just in reflection, just wild, just how everything played out on Sunday, yeah. especially with these injuries. Like Mike Grove said yesterday that if another so Nelson Aguilar went out briefly at the end of the first half for concussion protocol. If he hadn't played, they were they were going to play Darren Sproles at wide receiver, a thirty six year old who barely even played in the game otherwise. He did get some snaps. He did. Wide receiver. He didn't get any touches at all. Yeah, actually. Uh, which goes to show you just like week to week how different the running back things. Although they only have, they might only have three now. So because mm-hmm. I it might not to be a doctor or anything, but I'm pretty sure it's not a good sign if you're in a sling two days no, after a game. <laughs> I feel yeah. like it's safe to say that's a bad sign. But that's why you'd think they would either sign Perkins or Ward or a receiver or something because you can't really afford to get in that situation. Because if they lose Aguilar, Mac Hollins, or JJ Arcega Whiteside, then you're in a lot of trouble. <laughs> Yeah, you need to have four, you need to dress four yeah. wide receivers. Uh, there's no doubt about that. Um, uh, I think there's been some speculation that like they could bring up another running back just to have <clears throat> Boston Scott would be that guy. Yeah, yeah. Boston Scott would be that guy. Um, I'm interested because you know it's very clear how they feel about Alex Ellis. He's their they're picking him guy. over Perkins. Yeah, yeah, he's their 54th guy. But I I'm. I don't really get a feel for how they feel about the rest of the practice squad. And yeah. I, you know, I also don't – I obviously, they like Nate Herbig. Obviously, they like Matt Pryor. But do you need how, to keep both of them? Yeah. Right. How much do you like them? And right? do you put my lot on IR was the other one, yeah. And something important to watch, and we'll, and we'll talk about this later, let's say you get a good offer for Big B. Matt Pryor is the only guy that can play multiple positions uh, involving tackle and guard of those young backups that you know for a fact can play. At least fill the position. Do you risk Matt prior to the waiver wire? Because that's something also to consider as well. He seems like a guy a team might claim just because there's so many teams that need offensive linemen right now. Well, and I think Stoutland has a reputation. Yeah. That he likes a guy, you know. It's kind of like similar to the Patriots. And the Patriots got a guy who's a Yeah, the teams are going to claim them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or if the Patriots are claiming a guy, everybody else is like, wait, why didn't we do that? Right, exactly. <laughs> um, so... Those are the only injured guys, I believe, that, that we know of, at least. Um, I, I wonder if, I'm curious if Camus starts working his way back in a little more this week. We want, Today, you can't really judge, because it, it'll be like an estimation when we get the injury report. Uh, but I'll, my, my understanding, sorry to cut you off, no, my understanding good. of the situation is that he the, the target is the Jets game. 
So that seems like that's when everybody, not everybody, but these guys, I think that's the game when everybody returns. Which, so they try to survive the next two weeks, basically. Which is why these next two weeks are so vital. If you have all you guys, your guys back, so Deshaun's back, Camus back, Goddard and Jeffrey, let's say they're all back to make that run, you want to be able to maintain some sort of momentum. Packers are going to be a tough out on the road. You, I think this Lions game if, is you need, you need to split. You need to split these two games at right. least. And if you go 2-0, then you're feeling really good about yourself. Correct. Uh, and if they go 0-2, then all of a sudden they're 1-4, right? Yeah. So Or 1-3. 1-3, three. 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 Yeah. sorry. Math is hard. Um. It is. <laughs> I mean, this is the this is not the powder puff-like game, but this is, this is the easier of the two when you consider how good the Packers defense has been and the fact that they have Aaron Rodgers. And if you're out all these offensive weapons, it's going to be hard to win in a shootout if that's what it comes to. So the Lions, low-scoring, defensive struggle. I think that, that the Eagles have the juice to win that game. Also, yeah. if you don't think Zach Ertz is ready to, like, rip the world apart after... Oh, yeah. after oh the, the way he, like, took everything on himself, yeah. Yeah, he's going to be ready to play. <laughs> I am. It's going to be interesting to see how they split up, because especially now that they have, like, the full week... Well, they're not having Wednesday, I guess, so it's not really a full week, but of uh, Carson working with, especially J.J., I think. Um, I'm curious to see how much a part of the offense he is, and I would imagine Zacherts, like if you have Zacherts in fantasy, you should be feeling pretty good this week because he's going to get a lot of targets. It's going to be like last year, to, like even to another extent. Well, I guess if you think the, the those first two weeks last year, it was Ertz, Aguilar, and a bunch of guys too, so it's yeah. kind of similar. The, although I would say Aguilar, uh, or Whiteside is more talented than... Uh, who they have, Marcus Kamari, Wheaton, Kamari Aiken. I did like DeAndre Carter, but he's more talented than DeAndre Carter. <laughs> like it's, it is crazy to think about just a year ago that that was their receiving core in a, in a game. Yeah, and it's, it should, should have been no surprise that they lost that Buccaneers game, honestly. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be interesting to see the, the workload distribution this week. I'm very kidding. I, I tweeted this last night. I, I did not expect uh, Jordan Howard to become the play him more or we riot player. <laughs> Uh, I guess that just happened because Miles Sanders has been getting the touches and hasn't been doing much. So I guess it kind of makes sense. But or do do you think they rectify that this week? I, it seems like he seems like an obvious guy to get more touches. So like I said, you can run on this Lions team. Yeah. The Lions, uh, I think, have given up 249 rushing yards in the last two games. It's about 125 per per contest. I think yeah, I think his ground and pound will work well against the Lions. I still think that. He and Sanders have pretty similar, you know, workloads. But I, I think you've got to get Howard going earlier. You notice in the Falcons game, they couldn't establish the run because the offensive line was not blocking well. Uh, the Lions have a good defensive line. Um, uh, with Trey... Uh, Trey uh, Flowers? Yeah, Trey Flowers yeah. is really good against him a big run. contract. He's a good edge setter, um, and he can play the run really, really well. Uh Sean Robinson's a pretty good run stopper, but I wouldn't say, and, and you know, I wouldn't say that they are a good run defense. But I, I'm wondering if the first couple of weeks are, are a feeling out process for them. Yeah, I think that's fair. All right, we can transition to the thing that everybody wants to talk about right now. Mm -hmm. um, you wrote a good story today because you covered Jalen Ramsey in Jacksonville. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> So Jalen Ramsey, according to reports, uh, requested a trade. He didn't. Re he wouldn't admit to that at his press conference that he had. Uh, I believe it was yesterday, right? Mm -hmm. um, he, he's he's an emotional player, obviously, and he's outspoken. 
and those are the main those are the main knocks against him. I guess the locker room fit is the main knock against him. But talent wise, there's probably not a better corner in the NFL, or at the very least, he's one of the five best. He would be the best corner the Eagles have had in a long time. It sounds like the they're looking for two first round picks. I don't imagine the Eagles will give that up. Um, I would give up a first for him. I don't know how much more than that. I haven't really thought like about a trade package or anything like that. But what 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 have you made of all the First, the idea Jalen Ramsey gets traded soon. I saw. I think Schefter said it's possible this week. I don't see that happening because they play on Thursday, right? Yeah, there was another report by Ian Rappaport that said that the target would be Friday if it were. Yeah, so like happen. after the game, yeah. Um, so which, what do you, you make of all this, and what do you make of the Eagles as a potential partner? So Jacksonville is an interesting locker room. They're full of young players. There's only one real definitive true blue leader in that locker room with Nick Foles out, and that's Calais Campbell. The Eagles have like six Calais Campbells as far as leadership and personality in locker room, uh, you know, authoritarianism, I guess you could say. Um, Look, Jalen has a defensive coordinator who is in his first tenure as a defensive coordinator who adapted his defense from... Gus Bradley, who was obviously fired and terrible as a head coach. Uh, and they play a lot of cover three. Um, so does pretty much everybody in the league. But they play a lot of zone coverage. Jalen Ramsey is a guy who can win in man, zone, press, off. He can play anywhere he, he can. Too, yeah. He can. He even DJs bar mitzvahs. Like, he is a... <laughs> uh, he can do I, mean, I, would, I would go to that bar mitzvah. That'd I would, too, awesome. to be honest with That'd you. That would be amazing. Um, <laughs> actually, I should... Somebody should text him about that. That might be actually a really good side business. Um, especially if he comes to Philly. Uh, but, look, he's a guy that wants to get paid. He's got a big market personality. He has one more year after this year on his contract. Correct. Say for like 13 mil, I believe. Yeah, it's his fifth year option. Yeah. Um, I will tell you that that front office adores him and his talent. It's just one of those situations where sometimes you get the vibe that a guy doesn't want to be there. And I don't think it's all coaching staff. I think you also have to look at the fact that he is a big market personality in a very small He market. did fight with Doug Marone during the game. Yes. Uh, fight argued, I should say. And yes. They'd be held back. but <laughs> He's an emotional guy. Look, I yeah. saw him in 2016 cry on the sideline because the Lions were blowing up the Jaguars. He wants to win. I think personality, a lot of people think that Jalen's personality stuff is overblown. That's I don't think that's hundred percent true. I've been around him. He if he is not happy, you know it. Yeah. It's felt. Uh, that said, during the 2017 uh, run to the AFC Championship game, he was a vocal leader. He was very very good with his teammates. He kept a lot of guys together when there were mistakes. He's a guy that if he's in a winning situation and a veteran locker room, I think he could thrive. Um, I said this earlier on Twitter. You know, if he's traded to a team like Philly, who's been very good for a long time... And have a reputation for being good. Right. He knows that... Do they need him? No. To to, to be a contender? No. Is having him very good for their chances? Yes. So it's, it's more of a respect thing. He's not coming into a situation where he has to be the face of the franchise. And I talked to Malik Jackson about this, and he was open about it in his press conference. He liked the fact that he didn't have to be the guy. Like, it wasn't all on him. And I think... In Philly, you're saying. Right, yeah. right. As opposed to Jacksonville. And I think that if... I think Jalen wants the attention, but he also realizes it's not all on his shoulders. Yeah, he doesn't want it all on him, yeah. Right. If they lose, it's not because Jalen Ramsey. You know what I mean? So, um, I think... I think he'd be a great fit for this team. Um 
from your perspective on a trade package, I think a first, third, and Big B would get it done, personally. Well, so I was going to ask you, so what would be the most you would give up? Like, say you the Eagles offer them that, and they counter with X. Like, what's the most you would go? I'd give a one and a conditional two. And the two would become a three if he doesn't sign an extension before the draft. So, so if the Jaguars are like, we'll take a one this year and a two the year after that, mm-hmm. would you do that? Like, it's just straight two. I'd want like a fourth or a third. Like the Eagles them. get something back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but look, here's the thing. The Eagles are considered playoff contenders. They're considered Super Bowl contenders. They're going to have a, probably have a later yeah, pick. Yeah, exactly, which ma- makes the need to put another pick in there probably. Yeah, there was a report. Although the Chiefs were the other team, and they would have probably an even worse pick than the Eagles. They, there's also a report out there um, by ESPN that an NFC team offered a first and a fifth. To me, I, I'm not going to confirm that that's the Eagles, but if it I had to like it, it sounds like them. Uh, I think a first uh, and a fifth and like maybe Sidney Jones would potentially get that done. I, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I think, it would make sense for the Eagles to include one of their young corners because you, you really would have too many at that point. So I, I think, I think what's weird about this is a lot of people nationally do not watch Jaguars games. And that's why I think. Like my perspective, I feel like a lot is, of people locally probably don't either. Yeah, I, I feel like <laughs> I, I feel like my perspective needs to be defended a little bit. But like, um, listen, Jalen's the best player that franchise has probably ever had, outside of maybe Tony Vassell. Yeah, in terms of pure talent, yeah, yeah, um, and he is beloved. Uh, like, can, like in Jacksonville, you're saying? Yeah, yeah, he can do anything. Like, he could come <laughs> in and pee. Oh boy! In public, Where are you going with this? <laughs> okay, thank like you. he could, he could he do could anything. Just pee. He, he could, could pee. just pee. He could just take a pee. <laughs> and people would be like, "Whoa!" Like this he did guy, that great. Well, I was gonna do something <laughs> funnier, but I realized it's a family show. Um, but look, Jalen's a guy that has really, really transcended the organization. Like in terms of star power, yeah, he is his own brand. Like, when you talk about the Jaguars, Jalen Ramsey is the first player that comes to your mind. Um, and, Nick, you know... Nick Foles, come on. Yeah, well, but here's the thing. <laughs> I know. You bring up Nick Foles. I think that makes trading Jalen Ramsey... Because of the injury? Smart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think with Jalen Ramsey not seeing that this team's 0-2, they're probably going to start probably 0-4. Who are their next two games? Uh, they play the Titans on Thursday, and I don't remember who the fourth right, game I'll is. I'll look it up. You keep talking. But oh, thanks. Um, <laughs> but I, I think Jalen and the Jaguars can both see that this season. Bron- Broncos is the week after that, so they're okay. beatable. But yeah. Excuse me. Um, I think the Jaguars and Ramsey can both see that where the season is going, and so it's worth trying to get assets for a. Malcontent, who doesn't want to be there, who is a blue chip player, and you might as well go for it. I mean, look, he's a guy that's going to get paid better than any other cornerback in the league. He's going to be, you know, Xavier Howard makes fifteen point zero five million. He's going to probably make sixteen million. Jalen Ramsey. You mean on his next contract? Yes. Yeah. Um, So I, I think when you look at what. Also, right now he's buy low. Like he's he's making three point seven million dollars uh, as a base salary this year, and you're going to pay even less for that because he's played three games. Yeah, you're probably only paying like like two, a prorated portion. Right, of that, you're yeah. only playing probably like two point eight million. So again, I think when you look at 
his talent and how dynamic he is and you know what he can do for the secondary he's a guy that can shut down one side of the field and that'll help your pass rush it'll help your safeties it'll help your other corners because you know the, the other corners can get safety help now and you don't have to worry about like splitting the field and all that stuff um Ramsey doesn't make a ton of plays in the ball I think he has nine career interceptions but he'll break up a pass you know, like that. He can, and, and teams won't throw in his direction also. Right, yeah. I mean, he, he's gotten thrown on a little bit more yeah, yeah, in yeah. recent years. But, yeah, he's a guy that can really just change the dynamic there. And I think if the Jaguars feel like they are slipping, especially with Nick Foles not being able to come back till Week 11, it's time to make that trade because when Nick Foles does get back, you don't want to have that bad locker room juju heading into next season too. I think, yeah. I think this is a... Uh, preemptive strike if you trade him knowing that he probably doesn't want to resign or two you don't know if you want to resign him because of the way he's handled this situation and I think uh, it, it, the Jaguars fans are killing the organization right now and I totally understand but from their perspective if at this point there's no going back do you think he's on the Jacksonville Jaguars at this time next week no so you think he gets? What's your predict? Do you think Chiefs? Uh, Chiefs or Raiders? I, Raiders would, would be my guess. But I think the Eagles are that very close third team. Man, that like so we were talking about this. Uh, I think we were texting about it yesterday. The Eagles are often because Howie Roseman calls everybody, and I'm sure that they they leak that the Eagles are interested in X player all the time. Um, doesn't mean they're ever actually offering. But my point being, so they. It comes out that they're interested in so-and-so. You know, it happened with Le'Veon Bell, Antonio Brown, with this, with Minka Fitzpatrick. I can't even think of a single time where they were connected to a player and they actually traded for him. Like, if you think about Jordan Howard would be the closest, but I don't even think there was any reports about it. That was just more like everybody tying him to them. I think there was one report, but it Maybe. was more of like a feign. But he's not he's not that level of player anyway. But Michael Bennett came out of nowhere. J.J. definitely came out of nowhere. Golden Tate came out of nowhere. Golden Tate's probably the biggest name one out of those, like, at the time of the trade. Mm -hmm. And there was no reports linking them leading up to it. So, like, Howie Roseman's – he's not leaking everybody that he's interested in somebody. So, that's why I tend to hesitate when there's reports of uh, Eagles are one of the interested teams or they called. Well, yeah, they called because Howie calls about everybody. But, so, like, the Minka Fitzpatrick one, I don't think they were probably ever going to trade a first for that guy. I agree. And even if they did, it was probably going to be a worse first than the Steelers one anyway. That was a weird trade. But uh, that, that's my main hesitation about everybody tying the Eagles to Ramsey. Like, if Howie's going for a guy, he's doing it with his non silence, as you labeled it. So speaking of non Howie's Howie and this organization have been trying to find a true blue, like blue chip corner since he's been in power, both terms. And I think... This is such a, <clears throat> excuse me, this is such a rare case that you kind of throw some restrictions to the wind. I'm not saying that you go all out and, and you know, risk the future, but when I look at Jalen Ramsey and I see a premier player who's only 24 and you definitely have him under control for the next two years and you know you offer a big market vibe and you have some in-house relationships with them, I just kind of think... It's the move to make. I, 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 I think this... You, you, you Listeners of this podcast, regular listeners know that I was not huge on the Fitzpatrick trade. I was not huge on, on a clowny trade. 
I, I'm not the type of person that when, when you see just a named guy, I jump to that stuff. But having my experiences with Jalen, knowing what he brought to the Jaguars, and also knowing what he is as a talent, I just think it's a slam dunk if you can get him for less than two ones. So, I'm, 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 if they got Jalen Ramsey, I, I, I think that helps their defense obviously quite a bit. But I think whether this team is a Super Bowl contender will come down to the offense. Number one, staying healthy. Carson Wentz playing better for four quarters. Them starting a bit faster. Like that. That's the. That's maybe the. If I, if I was gonna say why they wouldn't do it is because whether they win the Super Bowl is not gonna come down to Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, I think that's fair. I also think that they, I think they should trade for him, by the way. But I'm just saying, like, if they don't, I could see that being a justification. Like, we would rather improve on offense or something like that. And my counter to that would be that Howie Roseman constantly says that he has to keep his foot on the pedal yeah. and be aggressive. Well, this secondary is ranked 31st in the league. Right oh yeah, now. They, they've been they haven't been. I mean, Cindy Jones was okay last week, but otherwise, it's been hasn't been great. Yeah, it it, it has not been good, Bob. And I think <laughs> um, you can't. This is the third year in a row where they've been in the bottom half of the set, you know, in passing defense. And, you know, I think, I think you need to be able to, um, or second year in a row, sorry. I think you need to be able to adjust that and corners, good corners do not come available and you don't want to regret this. I mean, like Jalen's a, a guy who probably will command low end quarterback money because he's that good. And I think, you have the right locker room here. I think Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox... Um, Malcolm Jenkins. Malcolm Jenkins, you know, Carson Wentz, all those guys. He respects this locker room. I know that for a fact because when he was at the Pro Bowl in 2017 before the Super Bowl, I asked him, hey, who do you have uh, in the Super Bowl? And he said, well, you know, I, I really respect Nick Foles. Ronald Darby's my guy. I like what they're doing out there. Like, I mean, if you remember uh, his article where he criticized all the quarterbacks, two of the only ones he didn't were Nick Foles and Carson Wentz. Right. I mean, <laughs> people want to play with Carson and uh, or on the same team as Carson. And I, I, look, he, he knows Josh Sweat. He knows... From Florida Timmy, State, yeah. Yeah, he knows Timmy Jernigan. He knows Ronald Darby. He knows Nigel Bradham. A lot of Florida State guys. He went to high school with Derek it's the, it's the new West Virginia here. Yeah, I mean, there's there are guys here that he knows and is comfortable with. I mean, Malik obviously is out right now, but he played with him in Jacksonville. Uh, he played with Alex Ellis in Jacksonville. Whether they knew each other is a whole other thing. Um, <laughs> I'm sure Alex Ellis knew him. Yeah, yes, he was aware of his presence. Um, but yeah, I, I think I also think Jalen gives this team a different type of swagger than they already have. Um, He's the type of guy that really understands the psychology of playing corner. He's a guy that will talk a he's, lot. He's, of he's an all-time. He, he, I think he said in college it was where he used to message the opposing team receivers' girlfriends. Like that's amazing. Yeah, he's genius. A, like why? Uh, <laughs> I mean, he's a guy who got into a fight with with AJ Green because he got into AJ Green's head. Like he's a guy that knows <laughs> Love how that out of him. He knows how to disrupt wide receivers mentally and. It's all part of the, the You know, people game, make yeah. a big deal out of J.J. Arcega-Whiteside not having a week of practice. If you think that messes with you, imagine a cornerback getting into your brain and literally just ruining Especially a young guy. Like, like if the Eagles were going against Jalen Ramsey this week, he would have a good time. Yeah, yes, exactly. <laughs> so, again, I, I think Jalen Ramsey would be a slam dunk if, if they could get the right deal. I don't think that's – so, I, in my perspective, and I think I've said this before – 
Howie goes into deals wanting to win deals. He says he doesn't. He just wants the right player. But if you typically look at the deals, they're 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 it's structured in a way that he like the Deshaun deal where he got Deshaun and a draft pick. Right, right. right. Yeah. He structures deals in the way where it looks publicly like he wins. The way the agents kind of leak contracts to make it them look better. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they say the numbers when it's not like the actual numbers or whatever. Right. So again, um, this isn't one that I think you need to win. This is one where if you can get Jalen Ramsey, you, you go get him. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's one of those things. Now, you brought up the Chiefs. The Chiefs haven't paid Patrick Mahomes yet. They're Which is why they can probably afford this, yeah. They are by far the co-favorite for the Super Bowl with the Patriots. Um, and, you know, the Patriots just added Antonio Brown. It's time to get somebody who did a really good and job. The Chiefs, and the Chiefs' defense still isn't great, so. Right. But I mean, they spent a bunch of money this offseason. If you watch what Jalen Ramsey did against Antonio Brown in two games in 2017, you're pretty much inclined to kind of go after him. I mean, Jalen did a really think, good job. It seems like there's my... There's, so the Jets... Bench Jamal Adams and Tremaine Johnson last week, and Jamal Adams doesn't seem very happy there. So I'm curious if the Jets start selling off parts because they might go zero and six with Luke Falk at quarterback. By the way, Luke Falk, I said this to you, is probably a bottom three. <laughs> I think you said it on the podcast actually. Yeah, too, he yeah. is so bad. Like I can't even. Should I? So I covered a kid named Brandon Dawkins at the University of Arizona. He he was like an athletic guy, not a very good quarterback. He beat Luke. Go figure. So Luke Falk is from Logan, Utah originally. He transferred out to, to Southern California to play at this high school, Oaks Christian. He, he originally beat out Brandon Dawkins for the starting quarterback job in the week one. Through three interceptions, Brandon Dawkins took the job, never looked back, and Luke Falk went back to Utah. And then he eventually wound up at Washington State where Mike Leach can make you or I throw for 4,000 yards in that air raid offense. Um, he's not good. I, I, was, I was saying this to somebody earlier. Like, do you think Joe Douglas is regretting taking that job now? I mean, he got a lot of money and he got job security, and but he's tying himself to Adam Gase also. I, I think he's going to love having that top three pick. Uh, and, and I guess we'll find out how much he likes or doesn't like Sam Darnold, too. Right, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, you know... My, Josh Rosen situation, maybe. Yeah. Uh, by the way, we need to start having like... An, like when somebody has like a down like period, we should say uh, transfers back to Utah. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that just sounded great to me. I don't know. Um... But yeah, I think um, Jamal Adams would be somebody I would have a tremendous. I thought about that too. Yeah, and I look Tremaine Johnson. If he was, I looked at his contract and it's not good. So he's not a guy that you want to target. He has like three years left, and there are a lot of money on it. So yeah, I mean Jamal Adams. But I just find it interesting that there's all these cornerbacks that are just defensive backs that are disgruntled right now. Yeah, I mean, like it used to be receivers were the position. It seems like defensive backs have kind of taken over. Yeah, DBs are divas. Because I guess receivers have it a lot easier now in the modern NFL, too. So. Yeah. Um, and you know what? Uh, there, It's a rarity that there's a number one cornerback on a roster. I think there's maybe like 12 to 15 true number one corners in the league. And maybe five of them are legitimate shutdown corners. Um, again, I, I think that if you this secondary needs help, period. Yeah. Um, whether it's the third safety spot, whether it's an outside corner spot, they need to do something. Man, they can't just rest. Do you think they'll cut Sandejo eventually? Like, he's just not good. Yeah, I think there's a possibility of that. I also saw that in his official league photo, he's smiling, which kind of <laughs> threw me off. I'll be honest. Um, so, so Doug was asked to not, or no, Jim Schwartz was asked about the Calvin Ridley touchdown where he was clearly supposed to help, and 
and so the question was asked about like did the safety was the safety supposed to help there and instead of defending Anderson Day which normally Jim Schwartz would do for a guy he really likes he just said that there was a lot of reasons why the play didn't work out <laughs> which I found was I mean Sandejo still play, Sandejo's still playing a lot though and he had that sack which was more because of Schwartz than because of yeah. Sandejo but like he's just one of those guys that the Eagles always have a, a guy or two like that every year where you're like why are you playing that guy so much like maybe mm-hmm. they don't have any better options that why do you have Cyprian if you don't think he's a better option like I don't know but that that's and so just to reflect. Oh, one Cyprian la- also played with Ramsey. And- oh, that's a good point. Actually, I forgot about that. So to re- uh, to reflect one last time on the Falcons game, I I like wrote something about some of the interesting uh, Pro Football Focus grades, and there were three guys in particular that stood out in a bad way. Uh, Ronald Darby, who we've talked about plenty, he had a bad game. Uh, one of the worst corners in the league. He'll, he gave up two touchdowns in the game, and the only other time he did that was in the Super Bowl, I believe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Number two was I- facing Gronk. Yes, yeah. Isaac Sayomalo was the worst graded offensive lineman in the entire NFL out of almost like 200 offensive linemen. Uh, he gave up eight pressures, which is even worse than his Chiefs game that got him benched two years ago. Doug Peterson didn't seem to indicate they would plan- had any plans on benching him. I don't know who they. Would- I guess Vitae, but Vitae has never played left guard. So well, and also Grady Jarrett is Grady Jarrett's it, a beast. You, you talk about three techniques. Sorry to cut you off, but no, you're good. Aaron Donald, number one. Fletcher Cox number two, Grady Jarrett number three. So yeah. like you're, you're, it's not like he wasn't playing an yes. elite player. Was, but he's clearly like not good enough to defend an elite player. Correct is what we learned. Um, I think he's still okay left guard. I think they're fine with yeah, him. Yeah, he's fine. Um, and the other one was Nigel Bradham, who is has ranked. I think he was ranked the third or fourth worst tackler in the NFL among linebackers through two weeks. I'm I know sure we've what. talked about that a little bit, but it's not so much that it's surprising. Just I mean, maybe alarming is the right word because he's the linebacker playing almost every snap. Yeah, I definitely was. I was about to say, I'm not sure that's surprising. Yeah, but um, yeah, no, they they've got some linebacker issues, and like I said, I think that Camus will be the main once he's fully healthy linebacker by midseason. But yeah, woo, rough. And and one other guy that needs to improve. We talked about Miles Sanders a little bit. Um, like the big thing, I think this happens with rookie running backs with his running style a lot, where they try and make plays where there aren't any, like going outside. Like it's the it's the shady style thing where shady even does that has done that throughout his career where he tries too hard to do that but he's so good at it. But Sanders needs to just run straight forward, which is what Mike Rowe basically said, and they still seem to have utmost confidence in him. And I I'm I thought he was going to break out a little qu- quicker than he has. Uh, maybe we should have tempered the expectations. The preseason flashed us uh, a little too much, but like what what, what do you, what's your expectation for him? Like, do you think he they bumped down his touches a little bit or? I just think they they kind of isolate his touches to certain packages in certain situations. Instead of being the guy, yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, this is part of the reason why he had a Shady-like run in the preseason, but I never bought the Shady hype. Shady is more talented than Miles yeah. Sanders. So, I mean, you just got to kind of go with it. He is a rookie running back. I mean, there are guys that struggle early on. Um, the expectation used to be that rookies don't play well right away, but now so many have come in right away and are ready that, like, Everybody freaks out when a guy isn't ready. Right, like John John Ross, I think is a good example right now because he, like his first two years, did nothing. I think he was banged up that rookie year. He actually trains with the same guy as uh, Deshaun Jackson. They're in there and they're pretty close. But uh, he's having like an amazing year right now. So you just need to give guys time, which is what we said with the corners. If they don't get any better, then they gave them the time, and then you move on because they didn't show enough. Mm-hmm. But I think development is. Or you trade for Jalen Ramsey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or you, or you skip the development. Yeah, yes. Yeah. But that, I feel like that's underrated a lot of times where guys, not all guys are ready right away. Yeah, and, and it, you know, I think 
sometimes guys press too much as well. Yeah. That's what I think the problem is with Miles. It's not that yeah. Miles isn't talented. I just think he's trying to make a big play every because you're conditioned to right like. Josh Sweat played a role in the FSU defense where he was taught to read and react. You can still see him do that on film sometimes instead of just going and and just rushing the passer. Um, the same thing for Miles Sanders. When he was in college, he could find space or get through guys who were eventually going to work at Verizon Wireless. Like he <laughs> he was able to do stuff like that. So yes, yeah, it's, it's not the it's not college football anymore. Right, yeah. exactly, and it's, it, it, he's definitely having a welcome to the NFL sort of experience because he's averaging two point five yards per carry and two point eight yards per he, catch. He's only forced one missed tackle, also. Yeah, so I mean, look, it'll come to him. I yeah. think he's very talented. I just think it's you know you got to kind of adjust things and adjust your expectations now that you have two games and I think Jordan Howard deserves more carries and that's pretty much it. All right. That's a good spot to end on. Um, send us some questions, uh, comment, tweet at us. We'll do our preview pod on Friday as usual. And uh, thanks for listening guys. <laughs>